book of Matthew. Glad you're here. You're just what makes the world turn. Amen. You're the cog, and you're the grease that keep the friction on. Thank God for you. I'm going to read in verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You may be seated. I lived in England about five or six years with my parents. Then we moved to Canada. And there's a culture in England that came from Asia that the daughter married something outside of the cultural belief. And the disappointment of the father and the parents was very sad in what they did. They literally turned that child into bisected parts and mailed it back to India in a suitcase. And people discovered what was going on on the train and opened the package and found it was a human being in there that represented the disappointment of a culture. They were grossly disappointed. Then they got other cultures that when the child is born, again it's your nation and other parts of the Middle East, mainly sometimes in Canada and in America, when the wrong gender child is born, the parents do what's called abortion. Abandonment comes also, but most time abortion. They got a way of spying into the womb and realize it's not a, what they wanted. And they will terminate that pregnancy. All because of grave Disappointment. My title today is Grave Disappointment. It's horroring to know that people would do those things. And there are many other instances where families didn't like the way our a child is turning out in some culture. It could mean the end of the child's life. Because the parents is disappointed, grossly disappointed with what the kid does or what the kid turned out to be or the decision they make. And so we express disappointment in many other ways. In marriage, disappointments terminate in divorce, sometimes separation. And the list goes on. In the workplace, arson takes place. Employee is disappointed with the employer. And there are people that are disappointed with governments. And there's coup d'etat or anarchy or civil disobedience. So disappointment is something that's very horrifying to us. Nobody likes to be disappointed. And here are some people that are just like I am and like you are. People call me religious. We're not saved. We call me religious. We'll call you religious. 
because you go to church, because you believe in God or Jesus Christ. Let's say you're religious. And so this scripture is not about sinners. It's about the religious people of the world. We that confess and profess and claim that we have an inheritance with Jesus Christ, or we have a walk with Him, or a relationship with Him. And so we claim these things and hold them dear to our hearts for years and for century until the jury comes out. We are now confronting with the Lord, and the Jews have a system that says, in that day, that means in that time frame, when decisions are going to be made, not by us, but by the one that we claim to own, the one that we claim to know, the one that we claim relationship with. So far, all the talking and all the pretense and the professing is on our side, and there's a silence of him. You know, it was a situation when they asked Rebecca if she wants to go, and they were talking back and forth with Laban, etc. And finally they said, now, Rebecca, what do you say? And they skip a time when all the girls said, Jesus, what do you say? Everybody's talking. Preachers are talking. Prophets are speaking. Apostles are speaking. Theologians are speaking. All kind of voices are out there. But God has not yet spoken. And He can't choose the soul. Because we're not all doing the same thing. And we all don't believe the same thing. Even though we like to ecumenicanize what we believe and so on for the sake of peace, appeasement. But the Bible said Jesus Christ in this rendering here prophesied while he was on earth that the day is coming when everyone who cried to him, Lord, Lord, shall not be accepted as they hoped to be. Now, this is shocking. And I say to myself, either Jesus is lying or he's telling the truth. When he said, I don't know you, I don't think you're not going to accept that answer from him. I think you're not going to say to him, Lord, I have been walking with you for so many years. I know I've been saved. I know I've been born again. I'm definitely sure you and I are going to profess that. I don't see you're not going to do it because you are going to do it. When you realize the alternative, what it means, uh, you're going you're gonna to swear blind is, is missing the mark somewhere. He said, you're going to profess that you know me. And that in another scripture says, they're going to say, Lord, we sat down with you. We ate and drank with you. We had fellowship together. We had relationship together. And this other group is going to say, Lord, did we prophesy in your name? Haven't we done these wonderful works that we did for you? Now, church, obviously, either those guys are deceived or they believe the lie. But I believe they genuinely believe they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, it was sad if tomorrow my wife said to me, she don't know me. Unless you got uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease or, or some mental problem here in her head. What do you call this disease? Oh, I didn't want to know the name of it. <laughs> I didn't want to know the name of it. It's so too bad. But we can't recognize your relationship. It's very sad. It's very hard to the individual 
stand there until you've lived with all your life. You've fostered all your life, and now they don't even know who you are. They wonder what you're doing here. <laughs> they want to get you away from them. It's very hard. It's a heartbreaker to a many people who have gone through. Thank God you don't have to go through that. Or not yet, anyway. But it's a tough situation. And it's very sad. It's very disappointing. But we are talking about two disappointments here. One is God is saying to individuals, I never knew you. Now, I must look at the word new in light of Scripture. And Adam knew his wife. That means I didn't have an intimate relationship with you. You know, we got different arms length relationship with, in our society. We got close relationship. We got arms length relationship, and so on. And the distance to my heart will determine the type of friendship we have. Amen. And the space between us will define it. And how close are you to Jesus? That will define the claim you have on him. Because you may be out on the other periphery. Now, I, I study chemistry, and we understand that the, the, the nuclei, the nucleus of an atom is where you cannot pull away an electron that easy without a fight. You need tons and tons and tons and tons and megatons of energy to pull away one electron from that nucleus attraction. In fact, you need nuclear fission to do it. You just don't go in there and pull away an electron. Amen. But if you're on the outer periphery, you can easily be bumped right off and form a new amalgamation relationship with any ionic bonding you want to, form a covalent bonding out there. But you're just not going to do it with anything close to the S orbital system. I hope I didn't lost you there. If not, we'll let someone describe it to you later on, Mr. Beaton. We'll tell you more about it. <laughs> but it, the relationship depends on how close you are to the nuclei. And the Lord said, I never knew you. Now, my question is, why would many seek to enter in if they know in their heart they were not supposed to be there? Now, I don't think the drunkard will try I don't think, you know, the guy in the game that's going to try it. Well, maybe they will today because they've got churches too, you know. But they've got new Bibles called the, uh, the Queen James Bible. We've gone from the kingdom to the Queen James Bible, so they're different kind of Bibles today. But many will seek to enter and shall not be able. He says, even though they call me Lord, Lord, and Master, and so on, he said, but they will not be able to enter in. And I said, God, how could that be? How could that be? He said, well, they work iniquity. So just to make sure I didn't mislead it this morning, I look one more time what the word iniquity means. And it put fear in my heart. It means lawlessness. It means somebody who is not submissive to law. Somebody who defies authority. Somebody who does things in, with injustice. And I thought, oh, my God, I better be careful. But what I get involved in, it's not lawless. It's not symbolic of rebellion. And that's all the Lord said. He said, you work iniquity. Now, iniquity first started with Satan. It was in his heart when God found it. He did not vocalize it. He didn't act out. It was in him. And God threw him out because 
of iniquity. So many are going to seek to enter in and shall not be able to. Why? Why I chose this message? Because today's Pentecostal day. The day of Pentecost. You see, apathy and indifference and neglect and procrastination can lead you into a false possession and wrong assumption that you possess even though you confess you don't have it. Think about it. People are professing they know God, but deny Him in certain activities. And God says, Why call me Lord, Lord, this is now, and do not the things I said. And then He said, A person who does what He said is a wise individual. This wise individual built their house, listen now, on a rock. And the other guy builds house of the sand. Now, you can't tell the difference by surface looks. Because I'm sure on the surface they all look the same. All the houses look the same. But with a little digging and a little persuasion, you're going to find that this house is not the same as this house. It's not the same. And so as many will try and will not enter. I said, Lord, well, how come it's going to be that way? God says, not many are ready, amen, to give up their lethargy, their lukewarmness, and even their backslidden condition to be intimately linked, amen, ionically with Jesus Christ. They're rather a distant, far relationship. Following Him is far off. But the wise-hearted people are a lot different. Now, God knows the difference. See, people are going to say, where's my name? And God says, not here. Well, maybe, Lord, just forgot my name or whatever. But God said, no, no, no. It's not based on name. It's based on a seal. Anybody can have a name. But to get the seal, it's different. We had a graduation a while ago. It's not of any value if the seal is not on the credential. And the professing does not have the seal, then all you're doing is professing, but you don't possess Him. There is a difference. Now, the failure, I believe, these are the reasons here. Number one, they fail to strive to enter in, or even press into the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not going to slide right on in. Mahalo Jackson sang the song, when I get over there, I'm going to wonder how I got over it. You're not going to wonder how I got over there. You're going to know how you got over there. You stroll. You press your way in to the kingdom of God. Now, another time, people fail the assembling of themselves together. I'm going to show you how important assembly is in the kingdom of God. If you don't do what's right, then you're lawless. If you're not doing God's way but my way, like the song says, then you are lawless. And it's rebellion. All right? Why didn't the virgins trim their lamps? Why do they run on half empty? Why did they not make their calling and election sure? I believe they felt they were eternally secure. And they took God for granted. And there was a, not an awakening, but a falling asleep. And they thought they could get up any time and just rush right in and have relationship with God. Not so. Now the wise-hearted people lay up treasures in heaven. Those who are foolish don't. 
they chased the treasure of this world. And the Bible said, when the trumpets sound the alarm from the church of God, somebody needs to move. But they don't think the trumpet today is the voice of a preacher. I'm going to prove to you, you make a great mistake. A lot of you make a mistake and don't even know it. And you are assuming that you are eternally safe and secure. And it could be you're not. Because if you're not worthy to escape the things that are coming upon this world, there are going to be many disappointments. When you realize you are left behind, and when you discover there is no other way out, the one door has been shut. You see, there's a danger right now to be at ease in Zion in times like these. These are perilous times where the people that know God are going to act differently from the people who know not God. We are walking like Noah, moving with fear that our soul might be saved. But then there are those who are apathetic and are presuming they're lukewarm, they're cold, they're laying back, take it easy. They bring no forth fruit unto the kingdom of God, and they have this false saying, My Lord, delay is coming. Has he really delay his coming? Or does he have an itinerary that he's working towards? When Noah finished the ark, God said, Get on the gangplank. Because God got what he wanted. Now I believe he's going to get what he wanted. Can you believe me today? Now, hear what happened. The door is some someday going to be suddenly shut. As in the days of Noah. Now I pray that I said, God, I believe people. Somebody must have believed. 120 years preaching. Somebody got to believe. Beside eight people. Listen to the message. Sons of God were in the thousands. In the millions. I believe it was in their heart, in their plan, to someday join Brother Noah. But there's something about delay. And suddenly, I don't think no one knew what was going to happen. God just shows it. No one shut the door. God shut the door. Noah didn't even have time if he had an iPhone to make a phone call. Couldn't change his clothing. Amen. In a moment, in the twink of an eye, God said, get on board. That's it. Get on. Sudden. Sudden. Suddenly. No time to prepare. No time to change. No time to revise what God has done. God said, now he that will come shall come and will not tarry. You've got to be ready. You have time to put on the wedding garment. You have time to repent. You have time to do anything except get in and shut in. And so if you don't get in, when you come knocking after us, say, Lord, let me in. God said, I don't know who you are. Now, in your house after midnight, your family's going to bed, and somebody comes knocking at your door, let me in. I don't think you're going to let them in. You say, I don't know you. If you were my family, they'd have been in my room already. And the hour for coming in is already gone. And the security code is on. You can't come in. And you don't know the combination to get on in. You're locked out, baby. You're going to stay out. Amen. You're saying, I 
don't know you. I don't know whence you are. And he's going to say, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Sometimes people think what they're doing because God is silent. He approves of it. He's not approving of it. It's just that you're being ignorant. <laughs> because God's word, amen, never changes with time. All right? And then some people want to find out that their name one time was in the book, but God brought it out. Whatever they did. You know, don't ever disappoint God. Because when Noah's generation disappointed God, He flooded them out. These were the sons of God. Men, the daughters of men. Who was disappointed? God was. God was grieved. God said, I am sorry I made man. You could hear the grave disappointment in God's voice when God said, I am sorry I gave man my spirit. You don't want God to be disappointed with you. God was disappointed Amen. with Cain's sacrifice. God said, it's not good enough. And God did not put his seal of approval on his life and his work. And look what happened. He became a vagabond. My point to you is, you don't want God to be disappointed with your lifestyle. You don't want God to be disappointed with what you bring to Him. You can't build the leftover lives, amen, of your soul and expect God to receive it. God must be first and the priority in your going and coming. Otherwise, you're going to say, I never knew you. Because the first thing belongs to God. The first of all things, I think about the man called Saul. God crowned him king. And God said, I am repenting that I made him king. God was disappointed with this man that he crowned him. I want to ask you this morning, is God disappointed that he crowned you? Amen. In the royal priesthood, it depends on how you submit to the things of God. Saul was a worker of iniquity. He could not submit to the teachings of Samuel. And God said, I rejected him from being king. Church, I'm telling you, we're coming close to the day when God will either receive us or reject us. You better wake up to the reality. Ain't no one's looking at me like this. Is the truth going to happen? And when Saul tried to regain it, he couldn't do it. He disappointed God. What was wrong with these people who were professing? God said they work iniquity. Notice here, he did not deny that they work miracles. He didn't deny that they called him Lord. <laughs> didn't deny the, the thing they said. But he just said, I did not know you. Now that's an insult. That's a grave insult. For me to walk down the highway and you call me and say, Hey, Pastor Nina. I said, Who are you? I don't know you. Would you feel good? Hello? All the angels are watching. And God said, I don't know you. I look at the man called Jeroboam. God made him a king and gave him ten tribes contrary to the, the monarchical system. And the Bible says he did something very foolishly. And just like Aaron, he disappointed God and made a golden calf out of the blessing God gave him. And God rejected him. I'm trying to tell you, these people somewhere disappointed God. And God said, I don't know you. And you don't want to disappoint God. I don't mind if your friend disappoints you. I don't mind if your teacher disappoints you. Or your kids disappoint you. But you don't want to disappoint God. You don't want to disappoint God. 
You don't want to displease God. You don't want to hear, but it's true anyhow. Because people are going to be shut out and be replaced with Rahab. Can you imagine Israel locked out, can't go in, and Rahab sit in her chair? Israel displeased God. Rahab pleased the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Oh, hallelujah. You don't want to displease the Lord. Amen. I hear Moses talking to God one time for Israel, who sinned so bad against him, and, and grieved God. And God got so grieved, God said, let's destroy them all. He was disappointed with the people. Read the 10th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. God who saved the people after destroying them. What is God trying to teach you and me? Don't disappoint God. Jude wrote it. And Jude reminds of all the judgment of God on people that call Him Lord, Lord, Lord. Read the 5th chapter of Jeremiah. How God was displeased with Israel, disappointing Him. And so God, He's saying, look, I never knew you. Now, I like what God said about Moses. I know Moses, and I talked to him, what? Face to face. As a man talking to another man, we got working relationship. I talked to him mouth to mouth, and I'll show him some of my glory. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you, church, to sit down with Jesus Christ in His kingdom... He got to say, I know you. If he can't confess you before the angels, my friend, then it means he doesn't know you at all. But you can say, well, Lord, 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 I know you, I know you, and all that stuff. I said, just a minute now. It's about me. Do I know you? Let's worship Jesus. Amen. I believe he's going to come in a time when you think not, and I think not. And we don't want to hear those words saying, I never knew you. I don't want your God said to me and you depart from me. You work iniquity. Remember not I mean lawlessness, rebellion, and not submissive to the law and the teaching of God's word. Somebody who does not keep his saying. I don't want Rahab to sit in my chair. I don't want to get to a place where I can't find no room for repentance. I don't want Jacob walking up with my blessing. Hello? I don't want to run out of oil when I go get all is gone. Hello? I've got to be prepared. Now, I'm going to show you something you guys need to know today. Do me a favor, please. Bring my chart from my office right there. My chart. It's next door you see it, right in there. I'm going to show you folks something here. This is Pentecost. If you knew what time it is and how close you are to the end, I believe you'll drop everything right now. Bring the whole chart, please. If you were going to see Dr. today, and he said to you, look, sir, you have five days to live. I wonder what would you keep on doing? Hello? Think about it, folks. If you've got five days to live, based on doctor prognosis, what would you keep on doing? And what would you do that you've never done before? Think about it. It's no different. But if those virgins knew that five days ago he was coming, what would they have done? What would they have done? What would they have dropped? And what would they have turned to? 
And I'm here to sound the alarm to you right now and say to you, you need not to disappoint God. Amen. You better not disappoint your friends. Hello? I told someone, we have these guys who have these miracle crusades and miracle meetings. My advice to anybody who love God and belong to this church, don't go to any of them. I don't care what they call themselves. I don't care if they're in their ranks. I don't care if they're a UPC. Don't go. Because in the last days, deception is going to come to you in the way of a miracle. Satan is coming to all lying wonders. And these people are confessing miracles to Jesus. Did we not work mighty miracles and wonders? He said, that does not mean I know them. The thing is, how ethical and how lawful and loyal are they to truth? That's the criteria. You can't say, well, like Jeroboam. Jeroboam divided up Israel this way. He said, come on, you guys. You're from my tribe. I'm from your tribe. And they're from a different tribe. Let's reject him. For just a minute now. This is not tribal, friend. The kingdom of God is not tribal. It's not racial. It's not based on ethnic background. I don't care what country you come from. If you don't line up, you'll be lost. Your ethnic blood can't save you. Hello? God can save lost humanity. You're either saved or you're not saved. Hello? And you know what Jeroboam did? He used that tribal system and siphoned off these people to follow him. Ten tribes follow him. And the first thing he did was he built them a golden calf and told them, it's too far where you are to go to worship God. Israel never recovered. Way back in 700 B.C. They never recovered until the year 2000 A.D. They were taken back to Israel. Just a remnant. My friend, this thing transcends bloodline, clothesline, family ties, ethnocentricity. It's about the gospel. Either God knows you as a church believer, or you are a deceiver in the world. Think about it. Now, we're in Pentecost. This may not mean much to you, but it means a lot to me because I understand what it means. I'm not sure what I'm talking about right now. If you knew what time it is, you would behave a lot different than you're behaving right now. But you don't know what, because they never play on your ignorance, you see. And the day's going to come when this is going to be fulfilled in your day, and you are not prepared for it. But the people that know God are going to know what's going on. Because God, secret are with them that what? Fear Him. Now, look at this picture right here. And please... Relocate yourself so you can see. Or we can all see here. Here we have Pentecost is right now. Today is the 8th of June. Look in your Bible. Look at 23. It tells you right about right, right there the, the date and the time when Pentecost should be. It's happening right now. And yet you don't realize it's happening. Heavenly things happening on earth. And the days passing by like nothing happened. Honey, it's God's time clock ticking away and if I tell you right now I am living in the period and dispensation of Pentecostalism 
What is Pentecostalism? What is that? Well, this is not a denomination. This church is not a religion. It's not a denomination. It's not a political sorority or fraternity. This is the church of the living God. It's the gate to heaven. It's not about my culture. Amen. Or my ethnocentricity. No, my friend. It's about the kingdom of God. And I've got to hear a trumpet sound and make sure I know the sound of the trumpet and prepare myself because every sound has different meaning. Now, look at this. In Leviticus 23, you're going to find in verse 9 to 14 a thing called the first fruit, meaning Christ, the resurrection. That's history. Christ is already resurrected that you and I can be saved. If you're not saved, it's going to be your problem, not His. This is what He did for us. He died and revived. He's the first fruit of them that slept. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, describe that. Now, then 50 days after the first fruit, Pentecost came. Pentecost is Acts chapter 2. Hear me right now. If you don't have an Acts chapter 2 experience, that must say you're just professing, but you don't possess. Because Acts chapter 2 is the first fruit of the Pentecostal church. The church, he said, I will build upon this rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that seed is Christ, the Word. And so, if we're not built upon that Pentecostal doctrine and continue therein, we are just professing, but we don't possess Him. And people are going to be in for a shock and disappointment. Just like God is disappointed with the world, we are going to disappoint Him. Amen. And He's going to disappoint us and say we don't know Him. Those who know that God disappoint God. Hello? Hallelujah. But He will also disappoint them and say, I don't know you either. If you don't confess Him, He won't confess you. Now look at this church right here. Pentecost is from verse 15 to verse 22. It's very plain. It tells you when Pentecost should come. And it happened on the exact day. Fifty days after Christ's death, Pentecost took place. Think about it. This is not just a, a waste of energy of time. You've got to understand this if you're going to be a part of Him. Jesus spent 40 days in Acts chapter 1 with the disciples. And then after 10 days, 380 people disagree with His word and didn't carry it out. He told 500 people like you and me, don't go home. Go to the upper room where we have the Lord's Supper. Stay there. Don't leave. Shut in with God in that secret place. You know what they did? 380 people disappointed God and did not show up. The boys told today in chapter 14 of Luke, that's the feast he was talking about. The Lord had a feast and sent out invitation and said, Usa will may come. And 380 did not come. Well, I'll tell you their future. John 8, 24. They're going to die in their sins if they believe not that Christ is He. But if we believe that's Him, 
Our sins going on to judgment. And all. And the sin doth follow us. But those who rejected Christ's teaching and Pentecost are going to die in their sins. We've got people that are sitting all around the world will tell you that baptism doesn't matter how you're baptized. You want name you're baptized. And speaking in tongues like first today, my friend, they're just professing. But they don't possess the seal. Because God put a seal. God knows them that are His. And people are going to try to enter in and shall not be able. I will build my what? I'll build my church. When they build this church? On the day of Pentecost. June 8, 33 A.D. Jesus Christ built His church. The door has not yet been closed. And God said, Behold, I set before you an open door. No man can shut that door before the time. When I shut that door, no man can open it. This is the acceptable time of salvation. This is the moment to run inside of it and don't disappoint God because if you do, He will disappoint you. I've met, I've met people who God has blessed and touched, but they're not saved. They sure ate and drank with them, but they're not saved. The man with Christ in you is better than the man with Christ with us. It's not God with us going to save us. It's Christ in us that's going to save us. Get us back to going, please. Praise God. Here's we right here, Pentecost. We are still in Pentecost. Are you with me? Now, it's the time to get in. Anybody who does not conform to Pentecost are just religious. They had all things in common. Hello? They had all things in what? You're not going to come in any church of God and do your own thing. You've got to be a part of the body. If you're going to be saved, same God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, through us all, and in you all, that's the message to save us. That's going to get us out of here. Otherwise, you're going to be left stranded right here. Now, Pentecost door is not yet closed. The church is the modern day ark of the covenant. Its door is open. And all those who are smart are going to repent of their sins. Baptize in Jesus' name. By immersion, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And speak with tongues as the Spirit give utterance. If you don't have that, honey, then you're just professing. But you don't possess Him. And you have to confess, I don't know you. Hello? Alright? Now, Pentecost is still open to us. Are you with me? So, when Pentecost is going to be closed, how will I know that? I'm listening for the voice of trumpet. It's called the Feast of Trumpet. In verses 23 to 25. Look in your Bible. I'm trying to explain to you 
that you need to understand what's going on. And though we're after these miracle of mighty wonder boys out there working on their gimmicks and their seances called the miracles, it's just witchcraft. You need the Word of God burning in your heart and get valiant for it. Praise God. Amen. Now, when the trumpets sound, I'm going to show you a trick today. Will you know the difference in the sound? Hello? If you're an accomplished piano player, and I'm playing a tune, and I make a mistake, you would know it. But if you don't know music, this is music to you. But the trained ear, they can tell. My sheep knows my voice. Listen now. And another, they will not follow. What's up? So I'm going to go over here. I said, go. Well, go, go. You just don't know the God's voice. Amen. Listen to me, church. All right, look at this right here. There is a trumpet to sound. There is a moon to rise. When the moon rise, the trumpet will be sound. sounded. Now, can anybody tell me what time of day the sun and the moon are going to come up and do certain things? You don't know. The new moon was assigned to the priest that whenever it comes up, it's time to blow the trumpet. When he blow the trumpet, it means it's time for the harvest to come to a close. The Feast of Tabernacle is the closing of the Pentecostal experience. Shocking. It's called the final harvest. The harvest begins Acts 2. Hello? And will complete in the Feast of Tabernacle. Where in your Bible do you find them waving palm leaves in the New Testament? Where do they do that? In chapter 7 of Revelation. He saw a multitude of people that no man could number waving palm leaves. You don't understand all that. You haven't been taught. I'm going to teach you right now. Listen to me. They're waving palm leaves. Where they came from? They said they came out of the earth. How did they get from the earth to heaven before the throne to wait palm Except there must have been a translation from earth to heaven. How fast did that took place? It must have happened in the twink of an eye. In a moment when you think not God begin to do a strange act and you shall change from mortal to immortality or oh, put on this corruptible and put on the incorruptible honey if you don't experience that you left behind right? you can't get there except he take you there but in the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in your mortal body it shall quicken you I'm going to tell somebody something, man. Don't disappoint God and don't disappoint yourself. He was disappointed that they wouldn't come to the feast. Once I got, got my farm, hello, I just got married, <laughs> I bought some cows. Whatever alibi you give to God, it will not be enough to let you in. You will never give an excuse to get in. For rebellion and disobedience to the Word of God. Once God reveals truth to you, 
you are responsible for the obedience of it. And you may not do it right now. And when you face God, say, look, to whom much is given, much is expected. I've given you truth. And Peter said, better yet not known the truth. After you've known it, you turn from it. Hello? Hello? You know, we down here are busy disappointing God. We're falling away. We're turning our back on Him. We're unfaithful to Him. And He's disappointed. He's disappointed. Yes. But the day is going to come when he's, you can knock on His door and say, open up. He said, I don't know you. Who, who are you? Amen. Now, church, we're right here waiting for the sound of the trumpet. I'm going to tell you, if you are not familiar with the voice of the pastor, you will not be familiar with the voice of God. I'm going to prove it to you. Here is Samuel. He doesn't know God yet. But he's in the house of God, lighting candles. Amen. Minister to God. But the Bible says, He know not God. But he's ministering religiously. Just religiously, but have no experiential with God. And when God showed up and said, Samuel, Samuel, he didn't know it was God. He ran to Eli and said, you call me. So said, I didn't call you. Go back, boy. He said, oh, Eli. Eli you know what? He had an ignorance. He needed a revelation. He needed illumination, divine inspiration. And you got to come to church to get it, honey. When you know the preacher's voice, you know God's voice. Because the Bible said, look, they got Moses and the prophet. Let them listen to them. If they don't stay to hell, you got to go listen to the preacher. You need preaching. God chose preaching to save them that are lost. You're not going to be saved by reading your Bible at home. Faith does not come by reading your Bible. Faith comes by preaching, by hearing the Word of the Lord. The reason why I go to church because I don't want to be lost. The reason why I go to church, I don't want to be left behind. The reason why I'm preaching, because I'm going to save my soul. Hallelujah. It's the trump of God. God told the preacher, lift up your voice like a trumpet and sound the alarm and give my people warning and tell them the sword is coming. I'm trying to tell you, my friend, don't disappoint God because He'll disappoint you. I said, Hallelujah. The trumpet is about to sound. Hallelujah. And you can't get in the tabernacle. The tabernacle says, You got to leave your house. <laughs> when I call you home, God says, You got to leave your car behind, your workplace behind. <laughs> you know why? I go prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. For in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Turn to Isaiah 26 and verse 1. You would hear a voice saying, Open the everlasting gates. Let the righteous nation that loveth the truth 
Come on in. I want to tell you, my friend, you got to be valiant for truth if you're going to be a Pentecostal. If you're going to be in this church, you have to hear preaching. You can't hear too much preaching. Our friend, you need preaching to give you faith. Preaching to save that are lost. Oh, come on now. You need to hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you ignore the sound of the trumpet, read sometime Ezekiel 33 and chapter 18. When the trumpet sound and you don't listen to it, you'll be killed. World War II, when bombers were coming in, the siren went off. You have a choice. Ignore the sound or run for the bomb shelter because the bombers are coming. The bombers are coming. Those who have no regard for the bombers, still they get killed. I want to tell you, honey, you need to run to the sanctuary. God says, I want you sacrifice to get into this place. He said, leave your house. Leave your house. Your house is just a halfway house. This is my father's house. Your house will never be good enough to save you. Amen? It's built on sand. But this is built on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. Every other ground is sinking sand. I'm trying to tell somebody, as safe as you think your house is. I had a dream this week, my friend. I saw a storm. It picked up houses and threw them. People were airborne and landed all over the place. There's rivers and waters are flowing. Could it be a cataclysmic activity is about to take place? I wonder how close is the tribulation to our nation today. I wonder how close is the catastrophe of Revelation trumpets is about to take place to our earth. Is God's people sleeping? Or you shake yourself like Samson and wish not the spirit had departed. And say, so, oh gosh, I'm disappointed with you, Samson. I'm tired of rescuing you. You're on your own. He put his eyes out. Mm. Now, folks, look at this right here. I'm going to ask you for logics here. If first fruit is fulfilled in the body of Jesus Christ, if Pentecost is fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, is still being fulfilled, should I not believe that a piece of trumpet will be fulfilled on time? Notice here. There was a time of famine when nothing was happening, just waiting. A period of silence. I said, there's a silence. But silence doesn't mean God's not acting. God is working on the inside, on the outside. And then if this is to be fulfilled, then these two are yet to be fulfilled. In April was the Feast of First Fruit. June the 8th was the Feast of Pentecost. Amen. And then on the 15th, from the 10th to the 15th, was the Feast of Tabernacle. went in the month of October. If I had time, I'd prove to you that Jesus Christ was born at that time. Amen. I don't have time to do it right now. But look at this, folks. The first fruit of them that slept is Jesus Christ. And He came back from the dead. Read the 15th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. Pentecost! It's still happening right now. Right now, you can have a Pentecostal experience. You can repent of your sins. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling my friend, you can talk in tongues forever and forever. Tongues you've never learned. God can do it right now. Because Pentecost is alive. It's a disappointment when people don't get their Pentecostal experience. Now the Feast of Trumpet, the rapture I call it. Amen. Now this word rapture is not in the Bible. But the right word is being translated, caught up, catch away, suddenly, 
Suddenly, suddenly, it's going to happen. What I'm speaking right now, it could happen. I say, Ali here, and you over there. It could happen right now. I'm trying to tell somebody, this, this treasure we have is a heavenly treasure, an earthen vessel. This hope we hold not in vain. I'm trying to tell my friend, it's not passing your weird ideas. It's a fact of life. That's why I go to church. Now, we're waiting for two things to happen. We're told that Christ is our Passover. God says that. And Christ is our atonement. But what about the homecoming? Has God forgotten His promise? No! The last kangaroo got to come on plank. The last skunk got to make Crush the first fruit in chapter 50 of 1 Corinthians is fulfilled. The day of Pentecost is being fulfilled right now. Hallelujah. It's still going on. He will not close until the Feast of Trumpet. When will the Feast of Trumpet be? First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm trying to teach you, church. That's why you come to church. Let me equip your mind. Today you think you ain't going to read on your own. Some man got to teach it to you. That's why I go to church. For the same reason you go to college to learn knowledge and science and technology. We go to college to learn theology. The Bible to learn. Amen. Are you with me? Alright. Hear me now. And then we know when the trumpet is blown, which is not yet, in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, if you don't rise, honey, you're lost forever. Let's talk about that for a minute. If you're left behind, what does that mean? You must face all the seven sealed judgment of revelation. No more salvation. Grace no longer is offered to you anymore. You're lost. Forever. Forever. One moment you're lost. In one second you're lost. Go to a hellfire brimstone. Followed by a lake of fire. Cut off forever. How can you be apathetic towards your soul? How can you treat church attendance so lackadaisical? When the prophet, amen, the prophet called, amen, uh, Saul, amen, who's in Paul, says, not forsaken. They're coming together. So much the more. As you see the day of the coming. If you don't obey that scripture, you're a rebel. You are rebellious. You're disobedient to the scripture. And you are iniquitous. And you will be lost. Tell me that plain. Look, my man who said, I can't come. I just got married. God said, he'll never taste my supper. The man who said, I bought a field. I got to take my field. I said, he'll never be invited again. Read the story. Hey, honey. The laugh is not on me. It's on you. I'm making it my calling in election sure. I like what Naomi says. Entreat me not to stay behind. Where are you going? I'm coming. And your people are going to be my people. I'm going to give up all my more by this background to get what you got. I'm going to the promised land. I'm coming to the close, friend. Go ahead. Keep disappointing God. When this church door is open, 
Let me show you what God does every one of you living right now. God knows how many people live in McMurray. He knows how many of you are in McMurray. I want to tell every one of you right now, he got your name on the list. And he, every time this church door is open, he come and check. One, two, three, four, five, six. Missing, missing, missing. Missing, 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 missing. Missing, missing. And one of these days, you're going to come when we're missing, well, not like you suppose. You're going to walk in an empty building. Thomas was not there when Jesus walked in. And look at the unbelief that gripped his soul. And God said, Thomas, you're not blessed. But the people who are not here to see me, they're more blessed than you. He said, there are 99 sheep. God, count how many seals are in the church. I'm telling you, my friend, you're going to be lost. I'm giving you time. Time, but when that day comes, and you say, Lord, open up. He said, I don't know. You. You grieve me all the time. You are rebellious and disobedient to my word. Stay out. Go and serve the one you served before. And that day the Antichrist will become your Savior. Because he'll come with lying wonders and miracles. But I said, because they love that truth, I, God, will send a strong delusion that they receive that man thinking it's me. Oh, God. I showed you folks before. I'll do it again. Sister Kim, come here. Hallelujah. Sister Jen, come here. I'm going to show you two different scenarios. Omar, come here, please. Brother, come here, please. This is an aid of deception. I watch people being deceived, but I can't even help them. They're too stubborn. Come stay right again. I want you to be Leah. Okay? Alright? I want you to be, for a moment, Jacob. I'm going to come Laban. And you want to get married, right? And so I'm going to bring you, right? You want Rachel, but I'm not going to Rachel. I blindfold you. And you get so drunk on what are you doing? Amen. The next day you wake up, guess who you have? Not Rachel. You end up with Leah, the wrong person. You know what happened? He got deceived. You know why? Because he picked it on his own. Got deceived. Are you with me? Hello. He got messed up. And so he got the wrong person. Amen. Now, I wonder what would have happened. Okay, now you stand over there. Amen. And you are Eliezer. And this, put, put a veil on. I'll cover your face. Please. Okay, go. Put it on your face. Right? She comes to marry this guy. Right? But she has a veil on her face. The first one had the veil on too. And messed him up. But he came all by himself. Right? But now you came with her. Bring her bring her to bring her to him. Come here. You stand right here. You sit you, you sit skin. 
bread. Now, why couldn't she deceive Isaac? You know why she couldn't deceive Isaac? Because of the friend of the bridegroom. Because you were standing with her and you know her. Even if she wanted to deceive him, she couldn't. Because you are a friend of him. And you make sure he doesn't get a counterfeit. If you guys missed the picture, you're, you messed up. That's what a preacher is. The preacher's job is to make sure the wrong girl don't get handed to Jesus Christ. Amen. And as long as I'm the watchman on the wall, i got a trumpet to blow. And I'll blow that trumpet, and I'll give warning. But if she doesn't want to be a chaste virgin, she'll never come and marry and deceive him because I'm a friend of him. That's who John the Baptist was, a friend of Jesus Christ. He made sure they repent before they could come. Then they hand them over to Jesus Christ. Come on now, folks. I want to tell you, friend, let's stand up. That's good, guys. You guys need to know this. Right now, you know, you, you know, we all read the Bible, kind of what we're going to teach to you. But 69 weeks of Daniel prophecy is fulfilled already. Right now, they speak Islam, the Roman prince, huh? And the ecumenical movement are going to come together in the Vatican to pray. Now, that's an abomination to God. But right under your nose, we see chapter 18 and 17 of the Revelation Abner Amiss. And it don't mean a thing to you. But friend, friend, I watch gophers in geographic pictures. When they see the enemy coming, you know those hawks coming in? The sound they make. Everything stands up like this and off of the hideouts. Nobody, nobody questions the signal. Hello. After two days, Israel got turned back to God. They're about to do it. But they're going to do it before, even right in the time of the rapture period. It's happening right now. You know, after 1948, this trap being fulfilled. My generation and your generation are seeing it happen. And the Bible said, our generation shall not pass like Noah's generation until the flood came. Hello? What's going to happen in 2018, church? Now, i got my opinion. I think we're now 2015 almost right now. Next year going to be worse and worse and worse. I wonder if Jesus Christ is coming right now. It could be tonight. Or six minutes later. And I want to ask you, one second after you die, you're going to face God. One second after you die, you face judgment. After death comes judgment. And death has no fear and terror for them that love God. For those who know not God, it shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I want to ask you, do you know the voice? of the trumpets. Look at this right now. The voice of the trumpet. Look at it right here. First Corinthians 14, 8 says, If they know not the significance of the voice, how will they stir themselves? Why is the pastor so boisterous and noisy? What's wrong with him? Is he crazy? Or does he see something you don't see? Why am I taking a faster seat, my honey? The storm down the road. 
Look at this right here. God told Israel that the pastor's voice is that trumpet. What does he cry? Behold the Lord, the bridegroom cometh. That's the trumpet cry. Go ye out and meet him. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Be honest with yourself. If he come right now, are you obedient to God? Are you living for God like you should? Is your prayer life where it should be? Is your walk with God close? Is your garment spotless and without wrinkles? What kind of person are you right now? I want to ask you, beloved, what are you? I know you're going to say, I know him. But the question is, will he say, I never known you? Ezekiel 33, 3 to 6 says, Pastor, tell this assembly, when they hear that trumpet, respond. Isaiah 15, 1 to 10 says, Your voice is that trumpet. Jeremiah 9022 said, Look, it's time for war. But right now I'm not declaring war. I'm declaring, get ready. 1 Corinthians 15. And verse 42 says, Get ready to meet Jesus. Would you bow your heads right now? I never thought I'd see the day when you come. To kneel and 